Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Hallelujah. I love this game. This is my favorite game in the world. It's the game of life. It's the game of opening the world of real life. Waters of life. We're going to do a mid-air refueling here. That's right. It's because we need to get those warriors who have been fighting endlessly to get full of the Holy Spirit. To get them just absolutely impacted by prophecy. Get them just just totally just doused in, in just power and beauty. And we're reading uh, the book of Zechariah earlier. We're going to go into that. We're going to have a prophet, Alan Davenport, will be joining us in just a moment. And uh, Cassandra Watkins will be co-hosting, as well as uh, we have Ann Ritter, actually. She's going to be popping in. That's going to be very cool. Um, I just can't. I'm just looking forward to today. I know that there's going to be something. God is just going to do something. He's just really good at doing stuff. And uh, my friend and dear brother Marcus also has been sending more uh, confirmation and more strength in the spirit than I know what to do with. And just using the whole... Uh, <laughs> picture of basically the Power Rangers that we are gathering the warriors those that are going to be engaged in the force of darkness attacking again because so many have been fighting and so many need to get encouragement to see the Lord is good okay let's see if we can get these guys on we're running a little bit late here Apologize. We thank you for joining us. This is the Spirit Wars 199, episode 199 on the Fringe Radio Network. I want to thank our dear brother Johnny and for all that have made this possible. And this is, uh, let's see, Aaron, uh, Cassandra, are you there? I'm here. All right. Okay, we are assembling the Power Rangers. Are we? Are we live? Yes, ma'am. Hi, audience. Let's see if we can get Alan on here. Alan? Oh, I'm like, wait. I thought we were anyways. Okay. Alan is the gold ranger. I know Alan. Is Anne coming? Yeah, but she has to She has to add me on Skype. Or I need to add her. I don't know why I can't add her. She has to add me something. 
cool. We'll try this. We're gonna try this. Whew, how you doing? You just came from from another uh, exciting adventure. I did. I did. I did. I don't know that I can share all the details on air. Okay, that's all right. We'll bring Alan on. Cool. Okay, Alan, can you hear us? Hey, hey! All right. Woo! Hey. How you doing? Hey, you guys are both on here. I thought it was just going to be Michael. <laughs> Me well, too. I made it. I made it. Are you already on, or are we? Is it just us? We're live. We're live, but it might just be us for a few minutes. Except people will download this. Your prophecies are just oh. selling like hotcakes. They're just like lining up. Oh please! I got my cousin please. wants to Seriously. call in. Katie wants to call in. Ann Ritter wants to call in. If I can figure out how to do it. I have been having a wonderful messenger conversation with your sister. Who has invited me to just come to Florida? I was thinking today how funny it would be if I wind up getting to see your family either before or at the same time you do. (laughs) No fair. But that would be beautiful. Which sister? I got three sisters. Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I'm not looking at the name. Emily. Tell me your sister. Emily. No. Allison. Yes. Allison? You talked to Allison? Yes. It's like talking to a unicorn. I think that's right. Wow. I think that's right. And I, I talked to her, and I text her some prophetic words and then we talk some more and she's like oh you are just exactly what our family needs and the whole nine yards dude I'm like I I really wanted to be really ornery and yank your chain tonight (laughs) I I was actually intending when you called me to say you'll never guess where I am and I was going to tell you that I was in DFW Airport flying out to LAX for my international flight to Taipei. And that I was just going to show up on your doorstep. <laughs> but I, I, I won't stress you out like that. Although I will tell you, I am the kind of guy that will do that. Well, you, you never know, dude. I am liable to show up anytime and crash on your couch. We'll we'll give you way more than a couch. Although the water broke, we had to go and buy. I'm I had to run out and buy some water for the house just now. Did you did you say the water broke? The water broke. Yeah, the, the house water broke. On the way, and you're, you <laughs> that's hilarious like because the, the water machine, the, the reverse osmosis the, water machine. Well, but that's hilarious. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you remember what happened whenever I was at Terry Copley's house, right before it was time for me to leave Terry Copley's house. The water on her her uh, washing machine broke. And then whenever I was at my dad's house, when it was time for me to leave his house, literally his hot water heater breaks. And they had to like, so water is breaking everywhere. So that tells me that a baby is coming. Well, what's hilarious to me about that is, 
when I was in the hospital and I went on those seven out-of-body journeys, the one thing that came back to me in every journey I went on, the very first journey, the first thing he said to me was, bring them water. In mm. fact, for a long time, out of that first journey, that was all I could remember was just those three words. It took me a while to get to the place that I could recall everything that happened to me. That first journey was actually four days and three nights. And so my assignment at the beginning of it and as I was ending that journey was bring them water. So that's hilarious to me. Not only that, but um, I just read the Zechariah prophecy about the rivers of living water after Jesus comes back that they'll be going to one direction and another direction thinking, hmm, wonder how that's going to work. And then um, just name this this uh, show. It's called Midair Refueling because you're, you're just refueling the troops on all directions as they're um, – out there pouring out. Well, and, yeah, I, I actually intended to kind of catch you before we were on the air, but since it's too late for that, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this because I had a couple of friends of mine contact me and ask me this question, and so I don't know what the protocol here is or is not, but they asked. <laughs> they asked me if it was acceptable for me to let the listening audience know that if they would like to have, quote-unquote, Prophet Alan Davenport come and minister in their venue to contact me and let me know, because I'm definitely open to that. I mean, I'm not looking to toot my own horn here, but she asked me the question, and I was like, well... I don't know. I haven't asked, so I'll just have to ask the next time I'm on online with these guys. That's, no, it's good that you say that on live because people will listen to this, and there a lot of them are connected to a lot of venues. So um, once they get a, a handle on on uh, just your spirit and your humility and um, the amount of encouragement that you carry and a, a releasing of anointing into people's lives. Um, they're going to you. You might find yourself very busy, and Ritter's on live too. Well, and I just want to check and see if your your Skype is working. There. Hey, Michael. Hey, Alan. Hey, Cassandra. Awesome. Hey, Anne. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so glad to be here. Hi. Well, hey. Can, can I just go ahead and morph right into what I do? <laughs> just do it. It's called Mighty Morphin the, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Here we go. Go, the, go Power Rangers. The moment I heard your voice, Anne, I heard the Lord say, that is my bride who has never once been ashamed of me. So in this season, I'm going to begin standing tall and true in her life, I'm going to prove to those who have been waiting for her to fall or fail or quit, I'm going to show them that she is connected to me and does not know failure. She will 
embrace all that I have released to her. She will hold close to her all of the territory that I have sent her into to possess. For this is the season that I have called her to do in great abundance that anointing, that mantle that I have placed upon her. He said, tell and my glory is upon you. Do not be afraid to step out in great power and authority to walk out on limbs of faith that have at times past haunted her but in this season, they are open to her. Step out on those limbs of faith, knowing that I will never take you where I cannot keep you. This is the time for you, my bride, and I to defeat every Goliath who would be brave enough to show his face in your presence. And, sweetheart, it sounds to me like God has a phenomenal plan for you and Him. Don't be afraid to stand strong, even though there have been men around you who do not want to accept your gifting. In fact, the truth is they would like to belittle and shut down that gifting. But do not be afraid to step out in your gifting and your anointing, because what I have given you is not simply a gift of the Spirit, is it is an office of my anointing. Father, I release that word into Anne right now, and I decree that it will begin manifesting right now tonight, even while we're talking on this program, before we can even disconnect from where she is, she will begin receiving calls or texts or some form of affirmation to let her know this is the right time, this is her season. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I have been praying all day long and tanking up for tonight. Praise God. Wow, Praise I hope God. you guys are okay Thank with you. that. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Alan. Please don't apologize for flowing in the gift that God gave you. We are so honored to have you here. I mean, you have blessed all of Oh, my goodness. All person. of that That's stuff right. that you say makes me feel even less and less because this is not me. I love it, and, and I have walked in it for so long, and it, it for me— now to be in the presence of people who want to not only honor me, but embrace it. You guys don't know what you are doing to minister to me. Praise God. Well, we just, you need to know that you are so valued here. And I kid you not, and I'm not telling you this to puff you up or to flatter you, but I know Michael can, Michael's talking to all these guys too. Every single one of our friends that you have talked to, you have literally spoken words into their lives that's literally like transforming. 
and transformative words. And we know that they're God's words that are flowing just straight from heaven, straight from the throne room into these people's lives. But we are just so thankful for you. And I'm just, I can speak for myself. I mean, your word that you gave me, I've listened to it the other day and I felt the same exact way I felt when you delivered it. It like was like I was being run over by a glory truck. I mean, it was nuts. Well, I spent some time praying today, and and before we get too deep into ministry time, I wanted to throw out something to you and Michael that you guys can talk about when I'm not on the on the line with you. I would like to have one of these sessions where we're we're doing the program, and I would like to invite as many of your prophetic friends as you know, to to connect with us and join with us because I would like to prophesy into some of your prophets. Not because I believe that I am above them, but because God's been dealing with me about that we need to form a worldwide network of prophetic voices that can begin speaking into each other so that we can create a net or a network of common prophetic, of of like-mindedness, so we can actually begin to cover the world with the glory of the Lord. And so I'm thinking that maybe, and maybe after we're off the air, we can talk about it. We need to plan a certain date and we need to start letting people know that on that date, that particular broadcast is going to be about the prophets prophesying into prophets so that we can establish communication that the enemy's been trying to isolate us from. I, I believe that it's necessary that we not be fearful or jealous or contentious, but let's come into unity and and collectively, let's begin shifting the reality of this world by prophesying, like Job said, let's decree a thing and see it happen. What do y'all think? I love it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Absolutely. I mean, the main problem we have is just having too many people that are on some level prophetic. I mean, it might not be um, exactly the way that you're doing it, but at least they're operating in that and they have prophecy. Well, and that doesn't mean that that I will be able to prophesy to each of them individually, but we'll come in that night preparing that not only will we do some individual prophetic ministry, but let's speak a kingdom-wide word that anyone that joins us that night can grab a hold of that word and take it and plug it into what they're doing wherever they are. We, we need to begin having a collective worldwide effect. The enemy does that all the time through the WWW, World Wide Web. Well, I'm tired of him having what God intended to be a resource for us. This is not the world's resource. This is our resource. And we're taking it back. That's right. Well, I 
I just made, and I'm not going to go into this on air, but um, I'm just going to say that we need to talk off air because there's some stuff that I, there's some intel that I've gathered in my travels and we just need to talk because it, it it's an alignment with what you are speaking and it's big and amazing. So we shall, we shall do some prophetic chattering after the call. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you two do realize, okay, first of all, everybody that's listening to this, you need to know that just as powerfully as you are being attentive to the words that I am saying, that because these guys have called me a prophet, you are giving me credibility, I'm telling you that this man and this woman who are on air with me have just as powerful words so that whether I'm on air or not, you need to be listening to the directions that these guys are sending you. They have apostolic, evangelistic, and teaching anointings that if you will hear the words that they are saying, they will give you guideposts in the journey to keep you headed in the right direction. Don't discount anyone just because you don't understand the title of their calling. The Word of God is true, and it does not matter who the vessel is. It's not about the vessel. It's about the hand that the vessel is in. So I want to put that in there while I have the opportunity to do that. I just want to uh, thank you again for coming on here, and we um, we're just trying to follow God as best as we can. It's it's a new, it's like a frontier. This whole internet thing is so um, it just morphs constantly. There's new frontiers, there's new people that we meet, there's new opportunities that we have, and uh, the the kind and caliber of people that we're running into, they mean business. You know, it's not just about starting a church or you know having a community group to feel better about yourself. Although it, it ends up being all of those, it's just something that God is doing as the church system is really crumbling on so many levels into all kinds if of If you really nonsense. want to be strong in the Lord, you cannot just depend on your individual prayer life and relationship. There's True. a reason that he said that we should join together. There's a reason that he said that we needed to come together and congregate together. There's also something that most folks don't think about. There's a reason in the word that he never asked for us once to confess our sins or our weaknesses to him. He said for us to confess those things to one another. It's because in this coming together and being real with each other. That's the place that we can learn and develop the most power and authority. You guys really don't want to get me preaching and teaching on, on that whole concept because it will wreck your total religious theological basis. Good. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> 
Thank you. Praise God. We want it. We want to get upgraded here. We want refueling, but we also want to learn how to fly ourselves and how to refuel ourselves in the Lord and and the ways of um, just being humble and, and honest with each other. And Amen, brother. You know, whatever the Lord shows you, you're you're all prophesied and tanked up and, and Bibled up here. So if you've got anything, I just wanted to really briefly, because we got Anne here. She's actually never been on live uh, with us, and I, I'm so honored to have her on. I hope we'll be able to do a whole session with her later. But she sent me a message this morning about a white stork that flew across her path. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Anne just lives on this amazing platform of getting revelation constantly and i'm just half the time i'm like whoa what whoa and then i opened up the book of zechariah right to that section where it describes uh the storks the the women and the stork and i just thought gosh you know there's something going on here like the lord is leading us through each other through even just messaging each other random stuff when you don't even realize like okay is this even like necessary or worth it or like a dream that you've had and um, prophets like Rozzy, we're going to have her back on, Cassandra oftentimes, um, different uh, brethren, sending just even, sometimes it's just like a little thing, and it turns out to be exactly that, you know? So the I just the wanna, old song says, yeah. little is much when God is in it. Yes. And, yes, that's so good. And, and I had a dream the other night that I was flying on a white stork. And it had a saddle, and it had a bit and bridle in its mouth. And I remember I was flying with a friend on the stork, and I was concerned about the reins falling because they weren't clasped together. And I was trying to figure out how to, like, bind the reins so that I could uh, – But and it was, like, pointing the stork above the treetops. And we were getting momentum, and we were flying. And that's really wild that you had that with the stork. Why yeah. don't we kind of start tonight out? by letting Ann tell us about what she saw with the stork, and then we'll just kind of catapult from there. How does that sound, guys? Gorgeous. Beautiful. That's great. Well, it all started last week when I went to hear Avi Lipkin do a talk here in a church locally. A friend of mine's the pastor. And he... He's a Jewish fella. I didn't really know him till that night, but he was just encouraging. He's phenomenal, me. by the way. Yes, yes. I I, heard, I went and heard him that night, and he was just encouraging Christians and Jews to um, come together. And he was just speaking the truth about the false religion of Islam. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'd not really thought that much about Islam to 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 be quite frank, until that night. And then I just was really, you know, getting a crystal clear word on that from him. And that night I came home, went to sleep. And that next morning, as soon as I got up, I heard the Lord say, Hasada. And I, <laughs> I laughed. I knew, I knew it was Hebrew just from the sound of it. And I jotted down how I thought to spell it. And um, um, I realized it meant stork, and I knew the root of the word was hesed, and um, which means God expands. 
That's just, a, I mean, that's just a tiny, a tiny bit of what it means. It's so vast. It's kind of like God before creation, too. Yeah. And um, Hasada being the stork, the storks really, really are very homey. They, they, they favor their own. They are kind of really super focused on their own nest, their own this, their own that. And, you know, it's not such a bad thing sometimes, but we know we have to. They're very pastoral. They're very pastoral. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I felt like I knew that word expansion was there because you had said that on one of your, I think it was the very first interview Michael and Cassandra did with you, you had a word about expansion, and that really spoke to me, being that I'd heard the word hesed and hasada. So, I felt like it's a little bit of a paradox that the that the stork is kind of focused on its own thing, but if if God kind of expands from there, it, it if it's a bigger platform and God's in control of that, then it's probably, you know, it's probably okay. We don't want to be like self focused. So I was kind right. of seeing the 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 contrast there. And then this morning when I was going to work, this huge stork flies right, almost hits the car and flies over, like past my windshield toward the marsh. And I mean, we have, we have them here, but you hardly ever see them and they certainly don't fly across your car. So, um, anyway, I'm, and then when you were go ahead, when go you were ahead. Let let your prophetic take you right where that's going. You're going right. <laughs> so preach it, sister. Were, we love you, sister. When you were prophesying the other night, I kind of got kind of got encouraged, and I was texting Michael some what I felt like the Lord was saying, and I felt like the Lord was saying the the storks are flying, the storks are flying, and there's and I'd have to go back and look at what all I said, but. Um, I felt like it was just an expansive word. It's like expansive work. God is like expanding. I I don't really. It's huge. It's a huge thing. I can't I can't grasp it, but I feel it. Well, three weeks ago, I was in a time of prayer, and the Lord said something to me that made me a little bit nervous. I'll be honest, but hearing what you're saying about storks makes so much sense because what he said to me was that the end time pouring, outpouring that we are a part of will begin happening less and less in the four walls of the sanctuary and more and more on the WWW, World Wide Web, that we're going to to see prophets and ministers and apostles reaching out and touching congregations of thousands who they will never actually see their face, but they will release the miraculous into them. I can't help but make the more 
I don't, I don't mean this word to sound bad, but the more humanistic or human view that most people in the world today who think about storks think about them bringing babies into the world. I believe God has given you a word and that is letting you know that he is striving to begin birthing this whole new era and age into the world today that we need to stop trying to figure out how to contain God in a shut-in space and begin opening our minds to the reality that I'm going to speak a word from my living room in my easy chair that's going to reach somebody who is absolutely on the other side of the world. And everyone went Moment silent. Moment of meditation, everyone. Okay, I found the verse here. Um, actually, in Zechariah, it was the two women and the wind was in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the ephah between earth and heaven. So there I just feel is, like right that's there. Yeah, I just was just because it was confirmed right there. I haven't I honestly have not been in the word enough or praying enough and that's why we have Alan here to give us more of this midair refueling here. No. Get back in the no, spirit. No, no. <laughs> Alan is no more than the rest yeah. of us on this program, so we're not even going to well, go there. What's what's I'm thinking about is I like for I like for God to tell me where I'm at or what's going on. Because if I try to decipher that myself by looking around or even even checking my own mind, um, I'm going to miss it. I'm Come on, that's a good word. Keep going with that. I'm not going to be able to know on my own the time or the hour or or the season there's just you just can't know those things you just can't you can't know those things in and of yourself um that's a good word so i like for him to label it and then i just really then i just had that as my anchor well, and can I interject a continuation of the word I gave you earlier? That, please. God said it's time for you to begin gathering together the writings, the things that have been in your heart and your spirit, because you're coming into the season that you're going to begin releasing those not only as words over individuals and congregations, but it's time to begin gathering together the words that you and he have birthed together so that the book that is within you can become an epistle shared among those of the body. Wow. I will take a little bit of that word for myself. <laughs> hey, I get some too. We get um, 
Broadcaster's dibs here. It's sort of like tax. <laughs> Any word you, you guys you speak on here. How does that work, by the way? Is there is there like a, a mantle that is passed? Like if, let's say, for example, kind of like Saul or kind of like um, someone in the Bible that didn't live up to their mantle, Solomon. Do you Do you think that a word that is spoken for someone else can be transferred or can be preserved and then given... You know, not that Anne wouldn't take take every bit of that and more, but like, how does that work when when you get a prophecy for someone, and is that available to other people? The word says that no prophecy is a private interpretation. That any prophetic word that you hear, if you hear a word that applies to you, you can reach out and. Pull that to yourself and say, God, I heard that word. It is of no private interpretation, so I received the manifestation of it to myself. And I, I, I always, when people ask me that question, I always remind them of the story. You remember the story when the prophet Elisha was about to die, and he called the king in. Now, my true belief, and I've studied and studied and studied not only scripturally, but biblical history about this. I believe Elijah did seven major miracles, and then he passed his anointing when he was carried away in the whirlwind and the chariot of fire. And so, Elisha received that mantle, and he did 14 major miracles. And so I believe that when Elisha was about to die and he called the king in, I believe he, he he thought this is the man that I can pass as an inheritance my mantle onto. And he told him, take your arrows and beat the ground. We all know the story. Instead of going crazy like my Most of us would like to think we would. He beat the ground three times and stopped. And Elisha said to him, I wish that you would have beat the ground multiple times, but because you only beat the ground three times, your people will only have three times of of victory. And as a result of that, Elisha realized that that man was not prepared to receive his mantle. Then you go on over into the same book, and you find the story where the children of Israel were in a battle, and they had a man who was killed, and they opened a grave, and they rolled his dead body off in, and when he hit the bottom, he fell upon the bones of Elisha and was brought back to life. I believe without a doubt that mantles are that they have a hereditary status they can be given as an inheritance so absolutely to answer your question yes absolutely yes we can pass on from generation to generation to generation the anointings and the promises that God has given us can you imagine where we would be today if that king would have properly received the mantle of Elisha. 
Oh, my gosh. And then would have been able to, in himself, do 28 mighty miracles Mm. and then pass that on to a spiritual son who who could have passed it on to a spiritual son who could have passed it on and passed it on. How, How many divine miracle signs and wonders would we be seeing flowing out of the vessel that was connected to the kingdom of God today. Well, yeah, I mean, in the ver- okay, chapter 12 here, even since we're on the subject, it's saying that, um, you know, a little one uh, will be as David, and the house, uh, the house of David will be as God, basically. I mean, that's a pretty big idea of, I mean, he that is Man, feeble among them, I bet they shall be as David. right there. That's a huge statement right there. It says the house of David. Can you imagine if you, Michael, could Mm. go right now to God and say, okay, God, Elisha went to his grave with no inheritor to receive the passing of his mantle. Mm. So I now author myself and ask to receive that mantle can you imagine where you would be tomorrow should god choose to release that mantle to you today well it's just like ian clayton always says people are like oh could i just have a double portion of your mantle ian he's like all right lord jesus i pray that you give him <laughs> double the trouble Double the heartache, double the crushing, that they might have double my mantle. <laughs> People don't get it. It's not like a. It's not like I, a game. Well, it I'm, is kind of. But it's I, I always laugh when I have people, and not that I'm anyone of that status, but <laughs> I'm always amazed and 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 just a little bit tickled at people who come to me and ask me, "Would I pray for God to give them a double portion?" And I have to laugh because the truth is, when we say, oh, I want a double portion, we're thinking of parting the Red Sea and turning the water into wine and raising Lazarus from the dead. We're not thinking of crosses and tombs and cats of nine tails. We don't realize that when you open yourself to that reality, one of the the big teachings that I do right now is that when you flow in spiritual matters, have you ever seen the picture? uh, You see it in a lot of Christian bookstores and in a lot of like churches of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. And if any man will come and Open the door, I will come in and and sup with him and he with me. I saw that picture one day and immediately the voice of the Lord spoke to me and this is what he said. He said, do you realize that the same door that I stand at and knock that I might come in and sup with you is the very same door that the enemy stands at and knocks when he's striving to tempt you? If you have an open spiritual door let me do it this way michael are are you at your home right now i am at my home right now so if i told you 
if I told you, Michael, I want you to go in to your front door and I want you to open your front door, but I only want you to open half of the door. I'm not saying I want you to open it halfway. I'm saying I want you to open half of the door. Can you do that? You can't, you can't no. open mm-hmm. half of the door. So when you open a door, whether it be a physical door or a spiritual door, when you open a door, an open door is an open door. So when you open that door, the enemy can access that opening just as readily as God is. And if you don't understand your identity, if you don't walk in your own identity and your own authority, then anything can come through your door. The reality is you have to be in a place where you can say that when that door is open, nothing comes in that door unless I give it permission to come in. And nothing goes out that door unless I give it permission to go out that door. Because in the earth, I have been given by God dominion and authority. I believe one of the great failings in our teachings in the kingdom of God today is we are not teaching people that they have the right and the authority to control, to spiritually manage what is coming in and what is going out. So what winds up happening is many, many men and women who open that door and they allow the Spirit of God to flow through that door, don't realize that at times, if you're not really careful and really attentive, that the same door that you let the glory of God come in will also let the enemy come in. We need to begin equipping people so that they know that when there's an open Opening in an opportunity in their life, they have not only the right and the ability, but the responsibility to manage the comings and goings of their own inheritance, their own vessel. I think the key of David comes in there too. Um, Church of Philadelphia, I open a door which no man can shut and you know, we have the authority, the ability, according to that uh, prophecy in Matthew, that um, through the keys of the kingdom to be able to open and close any door on earth as it is in heaven. Um, well, just just bind, to give you an idea stuff. of how how powerful that authority is, when God decided that the that man and the earth had come to a point that He was going to have to give us an opportunity to move beyond the sin nature and, and, and what the enemy offered for Jesus to offer us that opportunity. He had to take on flesh. Now, we're talking about God. He could have sat on his throne and said, okay, that's it. I've, I've put up with all of this I'm going to put up with, and I've done all I'm going to do. So, you know, he could have waved his hand and done away with all sin and made us all drones. But to do that, 
he would have had to have broken his own law because he said, I give dominion and authority over every living thing upon and in the earth. Um, he had to take on flesh so that he could offer to us reconciliation into relationship with himself. That's exactly how powerful the anointing that is how powerful it is. Wow. Well, um, Speaking of anointing, I just love your shoot first and ask questions later uh, mentality with prophecy. And um, I've got Sister Rozzy, um listening in. She, I mean, just I just talked about her. I was like, oh, she's got to, she's got to be able to to listen to you to get what whatever it is you're smoking in the spirit because that stuff is catchy. And uh, she operates in a prophetic. Um, her name is Rozzy. Her name is Rozzy. And, and she's, she's on where she can hear, right? In. She is. Well, Rosie, you, you need to know that just in this season, God has put your feet on a new on a new plateau, on a new ground. You need to know that the attacks and overwhelming fight of the enemy that you encountered in the last season that you were in, that first of all, you acquired the victory in that, even if you don't necessarily physically feel it, you need to know that in the spirit realm, you acquired the victory. But now you have been promoted. You've come over the mountain into an entirely new valley, a new place. So now you are battling on an entirely new level. You need to reach deep into the word that you have known and know that this this place that you are in is about the culmination of the previous mountain and valley range that you came through in this area as you have never known. You're going to speak prophetic words that are not only going to, to minister into the individual that you are speaking, but you're going to speak prophetic words that are going to shake the heavens and the earth. You're going to begin prophesying into the earth and reshaping and reforming forming you're 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 going to set people even nations in line and, and understand when we talk about nations we're not talking about continents or countries or governments in, in the physical realm we're talking about each and every man and woman on the earth is a nation unto themselves if they will enter into the depths of the relationship that God has given them you are speaking now in this season, a word that is going to shape and redirect the nations that you encounter. The Lord says, do not be afraid of the, of the enemy that has come against you and against those that you have loved, because I have seen your faithfulness to minister into my children and into my household so now in this season you will see 
me minister into your household, into your family, and into your nation. He says, do not be afraid to embrace the words that I have been speaking to you. The, 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 the interesting thing about being a prophetic voice is that we don't always get to share everything that we hear. So there are things like Mary that we hide in our heart and our and we ponder those things. God said, I'm going to begin manifesting the things that you have pondered in your heart, and you're going to walk with a level of maturity and authority. You are no longer going to have to be concerned about walking in arrogance because now you are walking in a season of complete confidence. Now, the, the, the last part of the word that I have for you is a word that I'm very, very careful with, but I, I believe without a doubt this is what God is, is speaking to me to share with you. He says, ask of me what you will and see what I will do. Because I know that you have a voice that will not ask frivolously or foolishly. I know that you have a voice that will ask like Solomon did. You will ask a gift of God that is worldwide in nature and eternal in its ability. This is a great season for your sis. It doesn't matter what doctors or preachers or professionals have said. I'm, I do not assign my glory and my anointing per the committee meeting of those who think they're in authority. I have chosen you, I have called you, and I have anointed you by my word and by my hand. And ultimately, I will affirm you not only in your own spirit and in your own feelings, but I, I will affirm you in the face of those who have been waiting for your failure. Trust me, my daughter, and know that I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. We will walk in the realms of victory and glory, and you will find yourself unable to be offended by the foolishness of what has happened in your past. Father, I release this word. I establish it in my sister. I, I seal it, and I call it good and call it done. I ask you to let your anointing envelop her right now. Let her feel warmth and strength and reassurance to know that surely God is in this place and he is with me. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. She's blown away. She said, wow. God, thank you, Daddy. Um, and she's bawling right now. So, praise God. I just I think that's uh, an interesting thing that he's releasing right now that he's allowing us to kind of challenge him and and take him at his word and also push the limits even further. One word that you got for her about that that he expects us to um, to talk to him 
eye to eye, I guess. I mean, it just seems like in the Bible, he, the guys that really speak to him as a friend seem to get the most done. You know, although we don't know all those conversations that Moses had, it says that I spoke to him not as others, but as a, as a friend face to face, you know, not through dreams and visions and dark sayings in the caves at night, but that he really desires that intimacy with us. And in that intimacy, I mean, a, a wife can in in bed tell her husband all kinds of stuff that could change the entire kingdom, you know, if he was the king. Just in that in that moment, I think that's where we're, we're and all interestingly, here. by law, by law, in most nations of the earth today, intimate communications between a husbandman and his wife cannot be used one against the other, even in the legal system of this world. I I, I want to say I, I want to say that. Just a few moments ago, I, I was listening, Anne was speaking, and I was listening to what she was saying, and I believe we are, we are standing in a place that we can begin seeing, hearing, and knowing God. And so, a question that I would throw out to whoever may be listening to us tonight is this, whether you can trust in and or believe in Alan Davenport as a man or not. My question right now would be, can you believe in God and what he's saying, no matter the condition of the vessel that he's flowing through? I'm not asking you to trust me on this broadcast. I'm asking you to trust him. Well, Rossi said here, um, tell him, I said, thank you for being obedient to hear the Father. So, amen. That's really well, profound. Well, thank about you that. for being obedient to listen and receive. Hallelujah. Wow, thank you, Lord. It's very exciting days that we're in. I don't know if, um, if Cassandra or if Anne's still there, if you guys want to chime in here, if you have anything profound and extra dimensional and uh awesome it can be a little bit funny but it has to at least be somewhat spiritual i guess they're gone chased them away no i'm here i've got something Where's funny that? that i can share i was at a thing tonight and i was standing there and there was a construction zone and i literally was falling into a hole and a man like grabbed me and like pulled me out of the hole and anyways, I just thought that that was amazing that the Lord has angels set up. Like if we're about to fall into a hole, he's got, he, whenever you are faithfully following Jesus and being obedient to his every word, he's not going to let you fall. He's going to have people that's literally going to snatch you out of a hole. And that was just really, it spoke to me because I was literally falling in, and it was a deep hole. It wasn't like a little hole. It was a deep one, but he didn't let me fall. And I just began to rejoice and praise God in that moment. So I feel like that's a word of encouragement to somebody else out there. If you feel like you're falling into a hole, just know that God's got you. He's not going to let you fall. I, I want to speak something out that I think, I think at least the last time we were on together, we talked about this. And I'm hoping that we did it both sessions, but if we didn't, I want to speak this out openly 
for people to hear. Please remember that the word prophecy, its basic meaning means to say the same thing as. The truth about us prophesying to and ministering into your life is not that we're supposed to be trying to build some platform for ourselves, but the reality is that we're supposed to be, I, as a prophet, am supposed to be a confirmer for you. So if I prophesy to you something that you've never heard before, don't sell the farm. Don't run right out and totally invest yourself in that. Because the reality is, I'm still human. I'm sitting here in my living room, in my recliner, with my pajama pants and t-shirt on. If it's the first time you're hearing it, please take it into your prayer closet and put it in the shelf and pray over it. Now, if this is the third or fourth or fifth time that you're hearing the same thing, whether it be through a sermon or through your own individual Bible study or through some worship or even another prophetic voice, then if it's the third, fourth, or fifth time, I'm going to say to you, you need to be getting in the Word and finding out. Okay, God, this is what you're saying to me. What do I need to be doing with this? What is what is my responsibility here? And then finally, I would say to you, if this is like the 14th or 15th time that you have heard this word and you're still not doing anything, this prophet is fixing to come and find where you are and kick you in the seat of the pants. Because by the 13th, 14th, and 15th time, you should be doing something with what you've heard. The truth is, I can prophesy to you all day long, but unless you are willing to put action to what God has said multiple times to you, it won't matter how much prophets prophesy to you, the reality is the power of who you are and what you're called to do will not manifest until you take action and do what he has said. I'll remind you, the word says, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Some of us need to be searching out what God wants to do with us and for us. And others others of us, truthfully, just need to be out doing something. I, I had a person, again, for the hundred, if not thousands of times, say to me, Oh, Brother Allen, I believe without a doubt that God has a ministry and a work for me to do, and and I'm just waiting to see if he will speak to you what I'm supposed to do. Don't say that to me, because if you do, you're going to be very offended by, by my response, which is going to be, if you're waiting for me to tell you what to do, you're either waiting out of fear or out of laziness. Get up and get busy. Do the last thing that you heard God tell you clearly to do until you hear God tell you clearly something else to do. But the reality is... Washing the River Jordan. 
we as the kingdom of God, we need you to be as busy and powerful as you expect us to be busy and powerful. Don't ask me for a word if you're not willing to take a step of faith and do something with it. I don't mean to be rude, but that's just where it is. Well, there's such a thing as like prophecy gluttons. And uh, if you really want prophecy that bad, you should just learn how to get prophecy yourself. And then take those prophecies that people have given you, compare them. A lot of them, a lot of times the Lord just wants you to come to him. I think half the prophecies I've got are just like, where did you go? Why you no come over no more? You know, and he's like, just wants me to, to spend time with him. And, and it's not about like, you didn't get enough gospel tracts out this week or you just many, are too Many, lazy. many, many times I have had to tell people, listen, God has a word for you, but he doesn't want your confirmation of his word to be based on your belief in me. So tonight you need to go home and find the biggest mirror in your house <laughs> and go stand in front of it. And prophesy to that person who's looking back at you. Listen to what God is saying and do something with what he has said. Amen. Um, I I don't, I, I try not to do this too much, but. Michael, I, I feel like there is someone that has connected with you that is, is ready to receive a word so i was going to ask you if you could give me just a name or two of people that have i i don't have that information available to me otherwise i wouldn't ask you um is it someone that needs to be listening right now that i know is listening or that will listen yes okay well first name that pops into my head is daniel Daniel Lovett. Oh my goodness, Daniel, you are not still contained in the lion's den. And I I know that's not a difficult word to come up with, but it is a reality. (laughs) The truth is, the last two or three seasons of your life have literally been spent being judged, being having your sentence pronounced over you and you have spent that time shut up in the den of lions. But God says this is the season that you will no longer be threatened by the 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 prospect of lions devouring you, but this is the season that you will know that in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening, I am desiring our communication. Do not be afraid and do not be overwhelmed by the circumstance and situation of your life that seem to be so out of control. Actually, the truth is your life is not spinning out of control at this moment, but you are still firmly planted on the foundation on the journey that I have called you to. My my voice is in your mouth, my spirit is in your being, and my love and compassion is in your heart. Continue moving forward with my glory and my anointing. Do not be offended that men cannot receive you and perceive who you are. I did not ask for their opinion or their their judgment of you. I chose you because 
in your life, even in days when you did not realize that it was happening, you have continually drawn close to me. In this season, I will release you from continually wearing the robes of a king and the robes of a businessman. And I will release you to shed all of the the care and the responsibility, and narrow yourself down to the sh- to, to to the ephod of my anointing. Because first and foremost, in our relationship, you are a priest before you are a king. I say to you, come into my holy of holies. Because I do not only desire to be in your presence, I desire to hold you and draw you close into my bosom. As thy father loves his son, so have I loved you. This is the right season. You're in the right place at the right time. Trust me. I know what I'm doing in your life, Father. I receive this word and I release it and establish it in my brother. I give him eyes to see and ears to hear that he will not be overwhelmed by the circumstances that are presenting themselves in the flesh, but that he will be free in the liberty of my of your spirit that is in him. I release that anointing, that peace, and that confidence in him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. He's listening. He's listening and he will listen. Uh, sometimes the um when you get on the show there's this commercial. So when I tell people like you gotta tune in right now, there might be like a minute delay. But I know that's going to become very, a very big word in their life. And um, gosh, I mean, I could just go down the list of people that I want you to prophesy for. But um, that's well, the biggest problem I we have is like tell the you balance. That earlier, earlier we were we were talking and teaching, and I heard the Lord say this. I heard the Lord say, Michael. You are as even as an archangel in the earth. Begin making preparation for the exaltation of what you have begun. Because what you started small in the back room of your house will multiply and grow into a place where it provides for itself. This, Michael, is but a beginning of the great things you and I will do together, says the Lord. Wow. Okay, just well, just keep my name and number in your Rolodex because I'm going to want to <laughs> hitch my ride onto your saddle. Look, any, I mean, I humbly receive any prophecy here and extend it to anybody who wants it. Also, because I, I know that the promises that he's given me and that are in the Bible already, it doesn't mean like, oh, you know, you're such a guru. Wow. God's going to do this just for you. The promises in the Bible are for all believers who want them. They're sitting right there. Thing is, most Christians don't even know the Bible. They don't even realize um, the what they hold in their hands or in that hotel room, that little Gideon's Bible sitting there all 
clean and never read. And it's just like, we just got to get the truth out there, you know? And um, You know, this is not about what God is doing to you, Michael. It's about what God is doing through you. When you started doing this program and it was just you on your own, God promised you, if you will do this, I will bless and multiply all that I have given you. You need to remember that word that he gave you because you're now in the season of blessing and multiplication. Um, I have a fun fact to add to that. Um, not that I'm adding. I'm just, just to, I just thought this was cool tonight. The, the, the person that I met, uh, we were talking about, the question came up, well, what do you do? And and I was just going through the laundry list of things that I've been doing. And, of course, I was like, and I've been co-hosting with my friend Michael Basham on the Friends Radio Network Spirit Worship. And and then I was telling him, I was like, I don't know if you know, because this guy was so plugged in. And I'll tell you about this off air fully. But um, anyway, he was. I was like, I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Don Batham. And so of course I started telling him about your, he said, he said, I was literally just talking to my friend last night and he was talking about Don Batham. And so that was pretty, isn't it amazing that even when we don't think that we have acquired it, God gives us credibility and affirmation, even if he has to do that through our, historical inheritance. Yes, Are you listening well, to me, Michael? Are you listening? Listening. Okay, go ahead, Cassandra. I was just going to say, that's just the legacy that, that lives on after you're no longer here. That's that's the true sign and tell of, of literally leaving an impact here on the earth. And the fact that, I mean, I just thought that was remarkable. That he was like, we were talking about Don Basham last night that name came up and i was just like what you've got to be kidding me i think so it's God- hilarious that don basham had to move on to his reward so that michael basham could take the ministry to the next level i <laughs> thank you lord he's oh, his legacy please. i'm gonna get Don't all of his sermons out the there lord that way <laughs> You know, Say our our family Lord, with confidence knowing uh, this is who you, you have been called to, Michael. You were Rolling not the called sleeves. into the cinematic system. You were not called into the quote unquote musician system, even though I know you are a phenomenal p- piano and keyboard player and a phenomenal worshiper, but you were not called to be what all of your family has been before you. You were called to blaze a new trail like Joseph. You are going to bring your siblings and your family out of the place of want into the place of provision and plenty. Well, in that case, he's definitely putting us through the ringer right now. Um, since we're on the t- subject of the Basham family, please do lift up my daughter, Kaya Basham. She's the youngest Basham. And boy, does the enemy want her spirit. I mean, if you've ever seen a battle for a little girl, uh, my daughter could definitely use your prayers. And um, I just thank God that he's doing miracles. She's five. 
She's five years old. Um, five going on 30. Yeah. Five going on eternity. But uh, it's five amazing the bloodline. going on more than daddy's ready for. Can I say that? <laughs> That's, yeah. Could you just skip the whole boyfriend part? And uh, Yeah, but it's, I mean, oh it's been crazy. Goodness. My 10-year-old has been talking about boys, and I'm like, okay, there's three <laughs> very important things that you need to let any boy who shows attention to you know, and that is these three things. Uh, since I am your daddy, I have three very important things. I have a gun, I have a shovel, and I have an alibi. <laughs> well, they say that uh, guns don't kill that people. Doesn't sound very Fathers with daughters kill people. Absolutely. Whoo! I feel the anointing in that. I bear witness with that with you, my brother. Amen. Okay, wow. give me another name or two off of your list. I hear someone's mic steaming up with well there's a there's a gentleman named Z Davidoff right here listening in and he just said that he is in a hotel room with a Gideon's Bible. <laughs> so, if you have a word for Z, he is Z amazing. David off, like David off, like, and his his the first name is just Z. You know his first name. At this very moment, he's or the name kill he me. gave you is Z. No, his screen name is Z Davidoff. I'm. I'm sure he's listening. Okay, he's, Z Davidoff, you yeah. need to know that you are not the end of a thing, but you are the beginning of a thing. You are walking into a season right now that it is God's plan and desire that you begin establishing firm foundations and firm connections between those that you love and care about and Him. You spend a great deal of your time trying to carry minister to and maintain those who are around you, but that is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to deliver the seed and sow it into the soil of their life, and then to stand back and watch as God brings someone else to to manage the garden and someone else to bring water into the garden and he gives the increase and then someone else to bring in the harvest. You, Z, are a member of the family of God that has been called by him to walk as him among those who have known you because you have just as many in your life, just just as many as you have that believe in God, you have the same amount of people who do not believe. God says, watch and see. I'm going to cause them to know who I am, that I am real, that I am powerful, and that I am presently relevant in this day and age. This is a new season for you, Z. He says, lean on me and trust me to do the things that you cannot. Do what you can with what you have and trust me to do what you cannot do. 
because ultimately you're going to have a word and a testimony that is going to be earth-shaking and foundationally breaking to those who are consumed by their own confusion and self-guided direction. I'm going to set a path and you're going to begin guiding your family and friends to walk on this path and to be assured that I am their God and that all is well. Father, I release that word right now into Z. And wherever he is right now, I ask you to let a peace and a rest come upon him so that tonight, when he lays his head on the pillow, when when Z lays themselves down for a season of rest and, and reconciliation and recuperation, that your anointing will come and anoint from the top of Z's head to the sole of Z's feet, that all will be well even in the time that Z cannot see how that is possible. I release that anointing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. Whew. Man, I've I've honestly I've never hosted uh, a live prophecy session like this, so I have no idea exactly how to handle it. Like, except this is the third time. But you just, you know, if if the Lord is showing you this kind of stuff, and we're also able to give people the teaching of how to do it, kind of like I hope that people won't just listen to this and be like, oh well, eh, I want another prophecy. I'm gonna go watch Netflix all day now. But that you'll realize that this is a ministry that, you know, sure, okay, Alan, you've, you've been doing this for 32 years, but at some point you started to speak into people's lives and put yourself out on a limb and look into people, not just look at people, but um, look into them and look into their spirits and pull out those treasures that the Lord has invested in them. And I believe that that's a natural part of the Christian walk, you know, that one reason we have you on here is that it it just seems to me like, okay, here on the fringe radio network of awesome shows and this whole constellation of people that are preparing for the rise of the antichrist and the beast system and studying Bible prophecy and all this stuff. But what about walking with God, like in the Holy spirit, like using the gifts of the spirit, you say, you believe the Bible, what's wrong with having, prophecy you know coming from your own lips you know a lot of people kind of shy away from that because they don't want to look religious one of the things that i want to teach and communicate is that the kingdom of god is not actually our end game it's not like we struggle through and try to live through this life And then we die or are raptured out into the kingdom of God. One of the things that I love to teach is that the kingdom of God is actually the fullness of the life that you are walking now. So whether you're ordained as an apostle or a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or 
ordained in the other giftings, governments, and all of those things. Whether or not you're you're ordained into that, the truth is you need to look at the life that you are living, whether you're, you know, let's say you're an attorney or a doctor or a waitress at the local restaurant or a housewife or a teacher in school. The truth is that is your kingdom life, your congregation, your your sphere of ministry falls directly under the things that you are doing. And my desire is to have a place that we can train people in kingdom-mindedness so that we can uh, anoint them and ordain them to do who they are instead of what everybody expects of them. And isn't that often Yeah, go ahead, Cassandra. No, you go. You go. And no, no, you, you go. You you face the prophet. I don't want to face the prophet. Oh, well, I was just going to say what, what um, Prophet Allen was talking about earlier. Uh, with with Whenever you receive the pro- prophecy, there is a part that you have to play in it. And for me, every time I get one of these world-changing, like, life, life-altering words, it's literally, like, you, you put your your war clothes on because the kingdom of, of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And as soon as that word comes out of the prophet's mouth, there is an adversary that is trying to just stop that because he does not want you to step into that. So you got to understand. Oh my goodness. Keep saying that. That's a good word. Yeah. So whenever you, whenever you receive that word, first of all, you hang on to it with every single fiber of your being and you fight for it because that is your inheritance and God's promises are yes and amen. But but you are going to have to step into it and there will be resistance along the way. But, but whenever the enemy is resisting you, you need to know that he's actually doing you a favor because he's just an, increasing your vibrancy and your luster. He's just making you more beautiful. And whenever you step into the fullness of that word, it's just going to, it's going to take you so much further than you could possibly imagine. And a lot of it has to do with the opposition that you have to fight through to get it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. Well, what do you think that standard is? I'm thrilled to be the one to tell you, you're the standard that God raises up. Whether he's sending you into new territory that you've never seen or sending you back home where you've come through hell and kind of escaped it and hoped you would never have to go back when God takes you into that place, that is God using you as his standard to rise up against the lies and and the devastation of the enemy. And that will never be broken until you go into that place to do all, A-L-L, that he has called you to do. What good does it do if the man goes out in great spiritual authority and conquers and possesses the whole world if he never goes back into his home and conquers his own soul and his own destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying, 
That's a powerful word. That's that's a um, good word. We usually think about that just for money. Cassandra, are you hearing what I'm saying, sweetheart? Oh yes, sir. And I'm already prepared for that. I mean, I'm. Oh I, my I, goodness, I know you are. I'm expecting the phone call or the text from you that says that very thing that I so feared and dreaded. I am so ready to go conquer it and be well, done. Here's the thing. I'm not afraid of it. And I'm ready to charge it like a bull. Like, I'm ready to, honestly, I'm ready to get it over with. I want it done. But I know that there's an appointed time for all things. And so, anyways, I'm absolutely. Walking that out. And so, absolutely. Anyways, but that, that whole situation. That's how a lot of us um, do. Yeah. But, anyways. It's amazing how many people get into their present situation, Michael. And feel comfortable there because it's what they're accustomed to doing. And how fearful Mm. we are at the reality that God sends people into our lives to tell us your season where you are is coming to a close. And very soon I will be moving you into the place that I have determined for you, whether that be a new place or a familiar place place that we have to go in and defeat the enemy that in many ways kind of drove us into the wilderness at some point in time you have to get into the wilderness and look around and realize that you have a son that needs to be saved and you have to trust god to give him meat and drink so that he can survive through that wilderness See, one of the things I love about being on this program with you guys is I know the powerful and divine call of God that's on both of your lives. And I also know how the enemy has tried to tried to give you a place to be, I wouldn't say complacent, but at least a little bit comfortable because it's out and away from where I came from, but God's intention is for you to defeat all of the attacks of the enemy, whether they be out there on the foreign field or at home with family and friends and those who know your history. Well, if I mean, it, the, the most uncomfortable place for a Christian is a comfortable place, then if you're comfortable, then, you know, watch it. <laughs> if you want to keep following God, just expect him to, or he might was, annoy people around you. What That'll was be. it Jesus said that a prophet is without honor exactly. in his own country? That doesn't mean that you can't go and restore the reality of your relationship that means that those who are in that arena have the opportunity to receive the realness and the trueness of what you have been given, or they have the opportunity to stick their nose in the air and walk away. But either way, the truth is, it's not your responsibility or your problem. You're just the memo boy. Take the memo, drop it off, look to God and say, okay, I did my job, so what's the next assignment? 
I, I find it amazing at people who find God taking them, quote unquote, back into circumstances and situation when they fear because they 